Yep, Ramil here, and I am the Inebriated Genius. I um, just want to welcome everybody back to this episode. I hope everybody had a great New Year's and also um, are actually working on the changes. Not just the resolution, because I feel like a resolution really don't mean shit. But you're actually working on necessary changes that you're going to be making going into the New Year and farther. Just don't do this shit for 2019 and then fall off when 2020 uh, roll around. But um, it's just going to be me today. Um, I had a guest lined up, but um, they didn't get back with me. But it's all good. Can't be mad. I don't know exactly what may have happened with them, but your boy just going to be here. Still going to deliver uh, on the things I want to talk about today. Because at first, I actually felt that I didn't have any content this week. I thought everybody was uh, actually pretty quiet and nothing too crazy was going on for me to really speak on. But, oh, goddamn! Just like I thought, the world gave me exactly what I was needing. Because uh, we had uh, Survivor R. Kelly drop. And a couple other things, I'm definitely going to be speaking on that. First off, I want to thank everybody that listened to the wrap-up episode. Got some good feedback on that. Um, I think it was one of the better ones. Shout out to Ro for coming through. Uh, episode almost didn't even happen, but that's for another discussion for another day. So let's go ahead and get right into it. I'm sipping on um, some Crown Raw Bourbon Mash while I'm actually doing this episode since I'm by myself. It was actually only 20 bucks, so... Uh, Good still for anybody that drink crying out there. I also got some tequila, but I don't know if I'm going to get into that as far as with this episode. Let's go ahead and get this episode rolling the way I want to. Um, first thing I want to actually talk about is some from a, um, an actual sports point, which is uh, Antonio Brown and the uh, Steelers to where A.B. didn't even show up for the last game, even though the Steelers ultimately won. He didn't show up. Well, he showed up at the stadium like a few minutes before the game and was like they was like, Nah, you're not playing. And I really can't blame him for that, but at the same time, that situation has been going left for quite some time due to the fact that uh A B was basically given the green light to do whatever the hell he wants. And when you give somebody the green light regardless of age or status, they're gonna do exactly what you allow them to do. Now if you set the boundaries early, they're not. It's just like any relationship. Like if you set the boundaries early and get a thorough understanding of what's gonna happen when A, B, and C happens, then the uh, relationship goes along a lot better. But if you don't, you don't have hell from week in, week out, and that's exactly what the Steelers have. And the Steelers, in my opinion, don't just have an A, B problem. They actually have a lack of institutional control. But, um, yeah, because it all actually starts at the top for me and or the base of however you feel like management plays a role because management actually sets the tone about what they will and will not tolerate. Then it goes down to the coach, who is Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's hands are pretty much tied because if he give out a ruling on one way and A.B. goes above his head, then it's out of Mike Tomlin's hand at that point. Because what he's going to – he can't, you know what I'm saying, take a step back from 52 other people and actually just deal with one person at a time because it's either you coach people the exact – you can't coach everybody the exact same way, but you have to be fair across the board. And if you see A.B. acting out – now you're going to see the younger receivers starting to act out. Then you're going to see defensive players starting to act out. And then just going to lose complete control, and which is going to lead Mike Tomlin jobless, but not for very long because he's a very good coach. And another thing is that what the media isn't doing, also what, you know what I'm saying, the coaching staff isn't doing, is also holding Big Ben accountable as well, who is the quarterback, who gets majority of the lion's share of the blame. I mean, not the blame, but the credit for when they win but rarely get a lot of the, um, the blame when they lose. And all season long, Big Ben has been finger-pointing at everybody that makes a mistake that's not named him. He called out A.B. against, um, I can't think of exactly the team, but he said A.B. ran the wrong route. But if you look at the play, 
it was going to be a pick either way that he threw it. Then he called out Le'Veon, and he called. I mean, he just pointed out A, B, and C, but never take into account for what he's actually out here doing. You know, it's only so long that point the finger or point the blame and not take accountability for your own actions. You know, and I can relate this to the real world. Like, we've all had jobs and work with people that necessarily don't, that's not accountable for the decisions and the actions that they make. It always falls back if you're on a team environment. So I was going to fall back on the team with the decision of one person, which makes the team look bad, but the one person can, you know what I'm saying, lessen the personal accountability and responsibility that, it, that happened. Yeah, the Steelers got a little problem on their hand now. They're talking about they might have to get rid of A.B. They're going to be financially strapped. But then, you know what I'm saying, you have to make a decision. Is it going to be finance or functionality? Which means, you know what I'm saying, are you going to just keep them because you can't afford to take the financial hit? Or are you going to jeopardize the uh, locker room chemistry? Because after the way that he basically didn't go to the last game and play, and the way that some teammates look at him, you might can't bring him back. But, you know what I'm saying, it complex me that, you know, a lot of teammates ain't saying shit about what A.B. done, but half the team came out and criticized Le'Veon for just trying to get goddamn paid, which in the NFL we know running backs have a short shelf life. You know what I'm saying? Five to seven years and shit, it's damn not over with. But the average NFL career is three and a half years, you know what I'm saying, if not shorter. So, I mean, they just got a small problem on their hands, I think, that they can actually get it fixed by either trading A.B. or – they're going to have to either – one of three things going to happen going to have to happen. A.B. is going to have to get traded. Mike Tom is going to have to get fired. Or Big Ben is going to have to walk. Because those three can't function completely. You know what I'm saying? Even though I feel like if the Steelers would have made the playoff, we still would be having the exact same discussions about what's going on. So they're going to have to make a decision. And they that probably, they're probably going to just pick to trade A.B. For the simple fact it's hard to find a great coach. And it's even harder to find a franchise quarterback. But Big Ben always on the fence about retiring or not retiring, which ties the franchise hand. But I think the Steelers will get it worked out. You know what I'm saying? They're one of the best franchises in football. So I'm just anxious to see what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. And most likely it's not going to be happening until after the Super Bowl. Um, what's the next thing I actually want to talk about? Uh, government shutdown. Um, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, just alluding to how the government was going to be shut down and Goddamn! I think it was shut down last uh, last week, but those same people like didn't get a chance to you know what I'm saying get the money that they needed because you know what I'm saying all over a fucking wall that this they've been telling this man that they're not gonna build for fucking two years now. Like Mexico said, we're not gonna repay you. Goddamn! The Democrats said that they're not gonna goddamn fund it. They're gonna give you funding for border security, but they're not gonna put five billion into a fucking wall, which perplexed me because. You trying to spend five billion on the wall, but cities like Flint and the water system still ain't been fixed. You got, you know, what I'm saying the city of Houston that's still trying to shake back from the hurricane. You know, what I'm saying North Carolina's trying to shake back from a hurricane. Puerto Rico still don't have power and water in certain areas. You wasted money to a degree. You know, what I'm saying even even want to simple simplify it at that. All these homeless vests that you was talking about, that goddamn Colin Kaepernick was disrespected. They still homeless. You know, all these veterans that you stick your hat out for and all these kneeling uh, shit that you want to uh, bitch about, all the people still homeless and all them vets still not getting properly funded and cured by the VA. You know what I'm saying? My pops is a veteran, you know what I'm saying? Even though it's in Louisiana on a smaller scale, but you know what I'm saying? He, you know, he goes to the uh, the VA a couple times a year. You know, my brother, you know what I'm saying, goes as well. You're trying to build a wall. Nobody wants a fucking wall. This this shit don't even make no sense. Like this is what 
people like him and other people that think that like minded individuals like him got to understand. Yes, there are there are going to be a limit illegal immigrants that come into this country, but let's just keep this shit a hundred. They fucking scared because they think illegal immigrants are the ones that cause the most crime and the most damage in America. But let's just keep this shit funky. The number one terrorist in America is a white man. And the second is the white woman. So all the other shit could get put to bed. I don't give a fuck how you do it. You know what I'm saying? This is just the fucking facts. Like, white people are the ones that commit uh, mass murderers every other month because they don't want to give up guns. Gun control mostly only is only going to be a consideration when a group of white kids get killed or a group of white people get killed because they've been letting black people get killed by the hands of guns for years and not speaking on it. And Chicago is a microcosm by what goes on in the rest of the uh, country. So, and the word Chicago is just another goddamn phrase for the black community, apparently. But, trust me, as white people killing more white people than anything out here in these streets. So, don't get that shit motherfucking misconstrued uh, at all. I just hope that her rep open up the government back because, also, that affects the American people because what else is coming up with just tax refund time? And whether you know it or not, those goddamn refunds aren't going to be processed until the government is uh, is back up and running. So, everybody has to keep you know what I'm saying? Them W-2s is a little bit longer. I mean, you got until April 15th, but at the same time, everybody tried to at least get that shit out within the next couple of weeks. But if the government is going to continue to be shut down, that shit is going to hurt and affect everybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm one of those people that's going to affect because I also use the money that I get back every year to fund, you know what I'm saying, my basketball camps and the other projects that I may have coming up. So I'm just like everybody else hoping that I can have the money out in time so, you know, so I can be able to pay for building reservations and food and all that. And make sure that my my coaches and everything else is secure so I can make sure I can get to uh, Bash, but make sure I do what I do and help these kids out, even though, you know what I'm saying, even though it's for just two days. So, you know, I just wanted to get that shit out the way because let's go ahead and talk about this motherfucking surviving R. Kelly doc that appeared on TV the other night. Um, I think it's four parts out now out of, I'm not sure exactly how many it's going to be, but I know it's more to come. And, you know, I've had a little time to sit back and see the reaction on social media, you know what I'm saying, friends of mine, you know what I'm saying, just via text or group chats, you know what I'm saying, whatever we have going on, and get to see the reaction around just other people talking about it in general. And ironically, this shit is split right down the goddamn middle on whether you believe the victims or you believe everything is a fucking conspiracy or, you know, just trying to set R. Kelly up. Here's one thing that I do fucking know. R. Kelly is not being set up by no way, shape, or form. I don't give a fuck how, what kind of way you want to put it. That shit is not going on in this case. And I'm just going to take it back from, you know what I'm saying, from my understanding. Let's get this straight. I'm a motherfucking musical, you know, not a savant, but a motherfucking enthusiast. Like, I watch, damn near read anything and listen that got something to do with, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to music. R. Kelly been goddamn praying on a little girl since the late 80s. Because I don't think he graduated high school. I think he dropped out. And even when, you know what I'm saying, him and Public Announcement got together and they did Born into the 90s, he was still going back to the high schools back then. And, you know what I'm saying, of course you got the lawsuit that he first had. I can't think of the young lady name, but this was right after Aaliyah. Then you had the whole Mary and Aaliyah situation. Even called out Aaliyah's name in uh, one of the songs. I think she got that vibe. Um, R. Kelly's been on this shit for quite some fucking time. Like, And the problem is, we, as a black community, is one of the communities that actually fucking protected R. Kelly this whole time. Look, all this shit that's coming out in this documentary is no fucking surprise to me. R. Kelly has been giving us examples, hence teasing this shit in our faces for over 20 
five fucking years and ain't nobody really said shit. Like, think about it. I'm only 28. Born in the 90s came out in 1990 or 91. So I was one or two years old. Arkell was on that shit back then. Aaliyah came out in 94. I was four years old. Everybody knew what the fuck was going on behind closed doors, including her fucking uncle, who was R. Kelly's uh, manager at the time. Like, niggas was not, a lot of niggas are not surprised by what the fuck they said right now. It's just that I'm still perplexed that after all this time, motherfuckers are still defending it. Like, it's all a setup, you know what I'm saying? It's, they're just trying to bring another good black man down. No, 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 no. No, no, that shit is not going on in this situation. R. Kelly been fucking around with young girls ever since I was born, which is, I'm 28 again. So, let that shit sink in. Yes, R. Kelly was sexually abused when he was a child. Yes, R. Kelly cannot read and write good. Yes, R. Kelly has the psyche of a teenage child. Yes, the parents should have did a better job protecting their kids. All that shit, yes, 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 but at the same time, what we are doing is alleviating R. Kelly of fucking personal responsibility. R. Kelly is a grown-ass man that has been grown for a very long-ass time. So let's get that shit straight right now. For the simple fact that what we are doing by, what people are doing by saying R. Kelly is innocent, R. Kelly isn't the victim in this situation. What we are doing is alleviating R. Kelly of fucking personal responsibility. Which is definitely what all of us should definitely have at the end of the day, regardless of status, background, or whatever. Personal responsibility comes into the play of whatever you do in life. And the problem is, R. Kelly most likely is going to have to, A, get caught in the act, or B, getting killed. And the reason that I say is because R. Kelly has got off so many fucking times. Like, this man was arrested for child pornography charges, and on a technicality, actually won the case. Like... Even in the documentary, said that he had his head down and he really thought it was over for him, which in good faith, he probably should have had it. Because from what I understand, just by watching the doc, he records everything. So it's a lot of shit that, are, that they probably got on tape that we don't even know about. And another thing is that what we're not talking about is the people that was around him long time that protected him and helped him do the shit that he was doing. Like, you just as guilty by association. Like, don't get on TV and tell me how bad you feel like. If you really feel bad, go to the police and tell all the shit that was going down. Randy, you probably going down too because, you know what I'm saying, operating sex with minors is definitely one of the major cases, major, you know, charges that you're going to get. But, you know, so I'm not a legal expert or anything like that, but I do know that that's some motherfucking Rico shit. Like, one fall, everybody got to fall. And I just think R. Kelly has just been alleviated from all personal responsibility and they feel like he's untouchable. That's what you do when you give people that type of power. Like, for example, I think I read an article about R. Kelly and GQ about two years ago. I think I think I still had an article somewhere on my uh, one of my iPads because the, the article was just so goddamn complex to me that I had to keep it. Like, one of the questions that the dude asked him was, do you think your music was so good that people kind of glossed over the fact of what you was going through? He did not give no straight answer. He never gives a straight answer. Like, even when... Torrey asked him, do you like sleeping with uh, underage girls, teenage girls? And the simple answer would have been, no, I do not like teenage girls. But my niggas stepped up in front of millions of people on television and say, when you say teenage, how old are we talking? Like, you stupid motherfucker. Like, <laughs> nigga, just say no. Nigga, that's the easiest thing you supposed to say no to drugs and no to that bullshit. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, even he even threw his brother on the bus. Now, his brother, a jackass, too. 
Because he tried to capitalize off it financially by recent releasing diss tracks and shit. All he really had to do was just do a fucking sit down exclusive interview and tell what the fuck he knew. Probably would have made more than that because one thing that I know about the media, when you do one interview, you start doing a media tour. And everybody's going to want to hear your story regardless of how many times that it's said or how many times that they've seen it. Like, everybody's going to ask pretty much the same question, just in a rare, different form. So, he fucked that shit up. They got another brother in jail that don't see shit wrong. That's probably because R. Kelly putting money on his books every month. So, dude got a lot of shit going on. I just think he's damn near untouchable at this point, to be honest with you. And not just that's not just on like some cocky shit and nothing like that. It's because R. Kelly has been so-called muted. This documentary is out. There's other shit about R. Kelly. There's numerous newspaper clippings. There's a fucking whole trial that we can pull from. There's other people that disown him, like Ben Staples. Like, goddamn, what else are you going to have to do? And he's just going to continue to flaunt this shit in our face for years and years to come because he has he has built in a year. Hold on, I'm sorry. He's actually built in a goddamn core fan base that is not going to let shit happen to him. So, like I said earlier, he's either, either have to going to be caught in the act or he's going to have to be killed by someone that's tired of that bullshit. I don't wish death on nobody or jail, but at the same time, R. Kelly actually is going to have to come back at some point. Like, he's 52, I believe. 52 years old. He's been doing this shit for 30 years. And nobody's doing shit about it. Like, But it's mostly, you know, people of the generation before us. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's quick to say, you know what I'm saying? It's a setup. He didn't do it. Where these people's parents was. Them kids knew what they was doing. And I even thought about it last night for a little bit. When Dave Spence asked how old is 15, really, when he did that joke back in 04, he was like, you know, if we're going to uh, legislate what 15 means to the white kids, we're also going to do it to the black kids as well. So, you know, I I think that's fair. But at the same time, R. Kelly is just one of those situations to where nothing could be compared, compared to it. Not Bill Cosby, not, you know what I'm saying, um, shit is fucking slipping my Roman Polanski, not uh, Woody Allen. Not all that shit that go, not uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, none of that shit. Because he's in the class all by himself, so let's give him that type of credit. But, you know, I just want to know what y'all think about it, y'all feedback on it. Just let me know once this episode comes out and tell me how y'all feel. Um, Another thing that came up this week was (laughs) a viral video of a white man getting beat up by a girl at McDonald's. By a McDonald's employee, excuse me. Here's the thing. They've been telling us for motherfucking years, do not fuck with people that prepare your food. I don't know what gave this white man... Outside of the priv- the thought that he was white and he had privilege to reach across that goddamn desk and grab that black girl shirt because she went into that boy ass real quick. On it, he couldn't he he had shit on him but that little grip and she goddamn worked his ass out. I didn't know her, like her arms was getting longer. She was swinging at that young man, but he he realized that that day that he had it fucked up. Like worse than what my nigga said on minutes. You know you fucked up, right? No, he knew he fucked up right there and right there. So you know he got arrested. You know, she going around telling her story, which I think is great. Queen, get them coins that they offer them to you so you won't have to work at McDonald's no more. And, you know, I hope that dude get prosecuted with the full assault charges because he should have never reached over uh, the counter and touched that girl while she was at her place of work. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you deserve exactly what you got. And I'm glad they didn't fire her. You know, so I don't think I'm pissed off about it. It was the dudes that were standing right there letting the shit happen. Like, anytime you're a man, you see another man grab on a woman like that. You got to intervene, bro. Not even if you just swing, just be like, hey, man, no, nah, this ain't the place to do that. Like, you don't put your head on the woman. And if he come at you, then you beat him up. Or you go down like a champion. Shit, whichever one got to happen first. So, shit, hey, salute to the queen. Hope everything works out for her in her favor. So, um, another interesting topic that came up this week was LeBron 
coining himself the GOAT after the 2016 finals. Coming back 3-1 against 73-19. and 19. And, you know what I'm saying, that moment right there in his mind made him the GOAT. Now, here's the thing and my um, point on it. Granted, anybody can call themselves the GOAT if they feel like it. That's their prerogative. I have no, you know what I'm saying, you know, no qualms about nobody calling themselves anything. Like I can call myself the greatest podcast alive. That don't necessarily mean it's true. It just means my opinion or I'm speaking it to existence, you know what I'm saying? So, here's my take on it, right? Like, I think LeBron is top five, you know what I'm saying, because I always rank NBA players based off position. I think he's the greatest three of all time, you know, way past Larry Bird. And uh, I don't give a fuck how you want to put it. You know what I'm saying? I think KD is going to pass Larry Bird soon. You know what I'm saying? They all got the awards. They got the points. They got the stats to back that shit up. But the only thing I would say to LeBron is, yes, coming back from 3-1 against the 73-9 team was great. But if Kyrie didn't ball out, y'all niggas would have lost. Like, Kyrie also had to go out for 30-plus and 40 and had to hit big shots as well. Draymond also had to get suspended as well. Uh, Steph also had to goddamn end up getting slightly injured. You know what I'm saying? I don't take it too much into account for that. But at the same time, Tristan Thompson was also giving you a double-double as well. Like, if motherfuckers went balling out, y'all lost. And also, like I've been telling my friends for the longest, in about five years, they're going to do a 30-for-30 30 30 on why Harrison Barnes changed the NBA forever. That's a different topic for a different story, but just remember I told y'all that shit here first. Harrison Barnes changed the NBA forever. My other take on it was, bro, it's okay to call yourself the GOAT, but let's, let's not do revisionist history here. Like, you, this is, you can't call yourself the greatest of all time and be 3-6 and six in the finals. You can't call yourself the greatest of all time and get wiped off the floor by, in San Antonio by a record margin for a finals loss. You can't go. You also can't have a sweep in the finals as well back in 07 and uh, this past season. So that's two sweeps and get blown off the floor on record margin. What am I supposed to do with that? Like, that's not, that's not what goes do. Granted, you could be logo status if you want to do that because it's exactly – Damn near the uh, stat line for Jerry West, the only person to win finals MVP on a losing team. So what am I supposed to do about that? What am I supposed to do? You know, I have to just be fair and be partial. Let's just face it. Like, Mike is the greatest. You know, I think anybody, it's a lot of generations before us that might pick somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And I also think having your own platform to say it on is a great move for LeBron. I always say that him and Drake are the greatest narrative controllers in this current uh, climate. Like, whatever that they do is they're going to do it on a platform to where they have zero objectivity. You know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron sitting there around his group his group of his friends, and he say, that's what made me feel like I was the GOAT. Nobody else is going to say shit. Like, that's my only problem that I have with the shop that I said on last week episode. Like, there's no objectivity. Like, everything is nod and wave. We don't need a nod and wave when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, situations like that. We need some pushback. Pushback creates great content. Great content, you know what I'm saying, ignites other conversations that help other people get a thorough understanding about what's going on. But, you know, hey, hats off to LeBron here in Lakerland now. He said he was the greatest. That's his opinion. Everybody's entitled to one. You know, everybody got him. It's whatever with me when it comes to that shit. So, hey, if you feel like you're the GOAT, you're the GOAT. Regardless of whatever job that you work, whether you're a goddamn janitor, you feel like you're the greatest master of the custodial arts, hey, goddamn it, mop that shit up and walk it off. Um, another thing that uh been going on with the government shutdown that I didn't get to is um TSA employees just been taking the fuck off, been using them vacation days. Look, man, <laughs> anybody that takes a motherfucking flight knows how either good or bad TSA could be. So just imagine what them lines looking like right now when motherfuckers around 
the country and major airports are calling in saying that they're sick. Like, bro, getting to the airport two hours now in advance? Nah, that shit ain't a, that shit ain't an option. It's gonna be damn that three now. Cause guess what? Them lines from motherfucking TSA are gonna be backed all the way the fuck up unless you got a TSA pre-check, which I will be getting in 2018. So I ain't gotta take no goddamn shoes off. That the rest of that shit is backed up. Like you know, that shit is difficult out here in these streets. Like I only like going through TSA now. And damn, they have to get strip searched just to, you know, just to go through. So just imagine when you only got like three lines open, but you got three to 400 people trying to get through and make a uh, flight within 30 minutes. Like, it's going to be more motherfuckers that's going to be irate. It's going to be a lot of flight changes. It's going to be more motherfuckers that's going to be pressing. Some fights might break out. Who the fuck might knows? But get the gut. And plus, what the, you know what I'm saying, people that has the government shut down has to understand, like, y'all are creating a war that y'all are not having to fight in most of the time. Because let's just face it, motherfuckers that's on Capitol Hill got money like that. They chilling. Like, they make $100,000 a year. What about the people that's just making forty dollars and $50,000 a year that's work for the government? You know what I'm saying? They damn near a check away from being homeless, you know? So them folks, what they're going to probably have to do, because one of my friend's wives, you know, says she works for the government. I think he said that they're going to have to pull from... Um, what's that shit called? Oh yeah, four hundred one k. Not his, but just necessarily hers. But you know, what I'm saying he's gonna make sure he do do the right thing by his wife or whatever. But at the same time, and they just had a kid. Just think about this is some real world fucking situations that's going on out here. That motherfuckers don't understand about a fucking wall. But I don't understand it, man. So yeah, man. I hope everything get worked out. Everybody gets back on back on board by Monday. So I don't know how close it is. I don't know how to, or what the negotiations are looking like. But I think it was getting a little closer. Hey, well, we'll have to just find out. Um, I really have shit to talk about because I know it's a playoff Saturday, so I'm not going to hold Jelati all time for this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Being at the NFL playoffs are coming up. I'm not going to make any predictions because I really don't have an NFL team, so I really don't know. But I will be watching and drinking, of course. Um, DBA Genius will be back next week. Um, we will have other guests, or y'all just going to get another uh, few minutes of me just talking about myself, which is cool, but it's not necessarily something that I like to do. But because, you know, it's always like to have a voice and a difference of opinion inside of the room with me. But whatever, we'll just get that shit taken care of. Um, What else I want to talk about before I go? Yeah, uh, book club. Yeah, Brothers Book Club that I'm a part of is me and about nine of my boys got together late um, 2018 and decided that we're going to actually start talking about books. You know what I'm saying? Everything. Because me and my boy Joe, you know, Scorpio, shout out to them, you know, and Jaleel, we were pretty much the primary readers and we would always talk about how the books are actually changing our lives for the better and you know what i'm saying and they want to you know see what that was like and get a couple of insights about what was going on so you know so we dropped a list of books that we were already reading but my boy was like now nah, what we're gonna do is just month to month everybody just pick what book that they want the group to read so basically everybody will at least read a minimum of 12 uh, 12 books this year very minimum like i'm um going to do i'm already i'm going to be at two by the end of this month and then i'm also going to be getting some new ones come february because i also have a lot that i haven't read that i bought back in 2018 so going to be on those oh yeah so um right now um it's going fairly well it's just hard to have a full discussion because everybody doesn't read at the same pace but we're gonna make sure we get everything caught up and soothed so everybody can have an open and honest discussion not just first level first world discussions but real life in-depth conversations about what you're reading and comprehending um what else we got coming up 
Oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing everything from a basketball camp, which is going to be June 21st and 22nd. Excuse me, in Bachelor, Louisiana, um, most likely at the same place at the uh, Bachelor High School. And um, I'm going to include the girls this year. Really nervous about that, but at the same time, I think it's going to be a great experience for them to understand that, you know, what I'm telling the boys is also going to be detrimental to them. Just want to let these kids know and the parents that might be listening, anybody else that might ask me what goes on in my camp. Listen, my basketball camp is not to create athletes. My basketball camp is solely, solely, solely created to create men who happen to men and now women who happen to be athletes. That is my whole goal because it's much, much easier to to get an MBA or to get a, a PhD than it is to get into a major sport in America. Let's just be real about it. So that's my goal is to create men and women who just happen to be athletes and not um, create athletes. That's just not what we do. And plus it's just two days of the summer where I do know where I've protected anywhere between 20 to 100 kids. Because who knows what goes on when the parents are at work, you know what I'm saying? It's either a couple of things going to happen. You're going to be at the house playing a game all day, not getting any kind of physical activity. You're going to be laid up with your girl or your boyfriend, possibility of getting pregnant. Or you out in the streets fucking around people you don't need to be fucking with or smoking again, smoking or drinking. Like, there ain't no shit you need to be doing at 16, 17, 18 years old. It's got to be it's plenty of time to do that shit. Just out here live, you know. That's my overall message to these kids. Like, just continue to live, continue to grow. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's not your enemies. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? In that, in that small time that we're all together, I'll let them know. Nobody out, nobody in this room is against you. Everybody in here is your brother and or your sister. So we can just all have good conversations. If anything you want to talk to me about, we can do that while we're here or even when I'm when I leave here and go back to Dallas. Just let me know. Now I'll set that time apart for me, for you. You know, I just want to make sure that I'm out here affecting the culture in a positive way. But that's just you know what I'm saying, you know, I am a decent person when I want to be. But uh that's pretty much all I had. Like remember we got basketball camp, got culture kids coming for the boys. Um, I also um, have two scholarships that I will be giving away. So one uh, male and one female senior that's graduating high school this year, so I will be working on that as well. Um, another project that I'm actually working on is called Feed the Culture, to where I take my own money and fund the lunch for maybe a student or a few few students, depending on cost, just so their parents can focus that money instead of paying for their lunch and focus that money on something else that the, that the child may or may not need. Or that they may need for themselves. So, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to help my people, you know what I'm saying? Back at the crib the best way possible. Because I always feel like if I was going to help anybody, it was definitely going to be the people of Bachelor Louisiana first because that's where I was born and that's where I was raised. And that was, and every and the person that I am today has a lot to do with the values that I learned just being in that city. But just remember, y'all, Inebriated Genius is back next week. Um, I don't have anything else left for you guys. Um... Just remember, I'm not really a genius, but I do enough out here in these streets and intellectually strong enough to call myself and deem myself a genius, even when drunk. Thank you so much for listening.